Welcome to Mining the Truth with Ray Sturdivant. Thanks for joining us today for our series on Grace, Trust, and Surrender. Now, here's Ray. Hi, I'm Ray Sturdivant. We're studying our topic of grace, trust, and surrender, and I'm here with my good friends Seth Muse and Danny Jacobs. Welcome, guys. Yeah, well, thanks for having us back. Be here, sir. Well, uh, we are in the grace portion of our study, and I just want to recap just a tiny bit. We're studying grace, trust, and surrender, and we're utilizing just as a base example of the uh, folks, the Jews that uh, first came out of Egypt, which is the grace portion. There are 40 years in the wilderness, which is the trust portion of learning how to trust. And then when they go into the land, they have to defeat their enemies. That's our surrendering, in other words, being fully uh, complicit with, with God's plan. Yeah. And so we're in our first part, which is the, <clears throat> excuse me, the grace portion. And just wanted to kind of mention uh, grace is actually very foundational. If we don't get grace correctly, then trust will be off. We won't be able to fully surrender. So this is a foundational issue that we have to get right. Especially if you're a youth pastor. Yes. Hey, yeah. Especially you if you would you never are... be able to do that job without all this. No way. Not you... at all. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, you could not be a youth pastor without a lot of grace. No, That's true. So, uh, <laughs> we screw up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so really, if we have a faulty foundation, I mean, a great analogy that the Bible makes is to a house. If you have a faulty foundation, and there's a lot of them in Texas, uh, our soil is very bad here. So yeah. the uh, foundations are really an issue here. And you get I, to see what happens to a house when a foundation starts to really shift and crack. Everything that's built on top of it is in jeopardy of coming apart. I also love the the analogy I've heard somebody use this before of, a, of a looking into a smoky room. You can see some things and maybe those things are incredibly important and maybe the things that that you know i guess you can be be saved without fully understanding but it makes everything murky if you if you don't take your faith out from grace and move out from there then everything else seems unstable yeah it really is if you know if we aren't clear on what it is that salvation is and, and what we have to, our part in it, then building on top of unclear and unstable place is, it just reaps havoc on, on our lives. You, but uh, did you hear what I said, though? Do you think that you can still be saved without fully understanding? Oh, it? yeah. This isn't a matter of fully understanding. Right. It's a matter of how simple the gospel is. And, and, I, and it's basically, it's all Jesus. It's what he did. And I can have some, you know, who I'm, I'm not God, so I don't know what the tolerance level is, you know, how much we have to um, have it all dialed in. I don't believe we do. I, I would say it would have to be very basic. Very basic. And the analogy that the Bible gives is a seed of, uh, of mustard, yeah. you know, which is a very tiny grain. And so that's that's all the faith that it takes, which tells me we and we're going to look in a minute on what we need to believe to get, uh, you know, our sins forgiven and be in a relationship with God. Not only faith, but understanding, though, right? Yeah, 
Yeah. Because, I mean, look at the vast diversity of people's education and understanding their theology from the most basic um, to very, very deep. Um, the Bible creates that way for everyone. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't find believers that have never heard the gospel, right? Right. You know, there there is an understanding element there, obviously, that we have to hear it, understand the basic parts. But um, <clears throat> anytime you you hear someone say that you need Jesus and this other thing, any Jesus plus Jesus and kind of theology is where right. we really get dangerous. You know, Jesus and baptism, Jesus and spiritual filling, Jesus and it, it gets really murky then. And, and if if you don't use words like propitiation and stuff like that, you're still okay. <laughs> hey, man, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I thought this was a G-rated. <laughs> We're supposed to be clean. <laughs> well, I want to read a passage that kind of confirms... Uh, what we're discussing here, and it's 1 Corinthians 3, 10 and 11. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So kind of confirming what Seth is saying, it's all Jesus. Anything I, we try to put on top of Jesus is not, it, you can't lay that foundation. Right, right. And I love, it not only includes what is, but it includes what can't be. Yes. So what, a, what an amazing statement. Yep. You know, and then even Christ talked about, uh, he gave the parable of the man who built a house on sand versus a man who built a house on rock. Yeah. And Jesus is always the symbol, symbolized in scripture as the rock. And so, uh, you know, a house built on the rock, when the storms of life hit, it's able to stand. Somebody that's built on sand, which is, you know, if you follow any other belief system, it's based on our human ability to get God to accept us. Yes. All other religions are trying to get us to be better so that God will accept us. Christianity is Christ did all of the work and we stand on his work. And that's why when the storms of life hit... We aren't in a panic that, oh my, you know, God has abandoned me. God has, you know, forsaken me for some sin I did 10 years ago. You know, we, our mind doesn't have to go there because we're standing on the solid foundation of Jesus. Yeah. And it wasn't based on what we did to start with. And we can do a quick test, too, to see if your foundation is actually on just Jesus. You can ask yourself, okay, what do I do that makes me feel like, oh man, God is mad at me about this? Uh, this thing I did, if if you did something that maybe may, you feel like God is frowning at you, you can start to think, man, okay, well, maybe my foundation is not on the grace of Christ. Maybe it's on something else that is causing me to think, oh, I'm in trouble. I have something to repay here when, yep. uh, when Christ has already paid it. We will continue our study right after the break. You've been listening to Minding the Truth with Ray Sturdivant. If you have questions or comments for us, you can email us at ray at miningthetruth.com. Also, we'd like to ask that you take a minute and prayerfully consider supporting this ministry. And if God has prompted you to do so, just go to miningthetruth.com and click donate. Foundation. Thanks again for listening. Yeah, I don't now know any answers. Ray. Well, welcome back. We are in our discussion on... Uh, what our foundation is actually in, and Seth is bringing up some great points, 
and wanted to wanted to kind of keep uh, massaging this discussion a little yeah. bit because it is a good test that we should do in a sense of when we really fail where our mind goes. Right. Now, it doesn't mean that we aren't saved, that we didn't initially put our trust in Christ. It's just as we grow, God wants more and more of our heart. And I, I, th- I don't think that it's um, like a sort of a bottom line thing, because as, as I have great faith in certain things, I have little faith in other things. Um, for example, when it comes to my kid, I would have an extremely hard time at letting go of control over what happens to my child. But in the terms of what happens to Egypt, that's all up to God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think a good question to ask at the end of the day is, uh, looking back over all the things you did that day, um, just asking yourself an honest question, say, how much did I pray about all those things I did? And and did I spend real time in prayer about those things before I did them or did I just do them? Because if I didn't spend time in prayer about them, there's a really good chance. I'm saying it's not always the, the case, but there's a really good chance that you're operating in your own power and your your foundation is not in Christ. But when you sure. when you screw up, you know you mess up and and uh, you start to think, man, okay, I have to pay God back for this. Yeah, I have to pay God back for uh, I did this today that was bad, so I have to do something good to kind of cancel it out. Right. And and even up the scales. Well, then you can go well. The fact that there's scales involved at all is a legalism system. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, so it's just a dead giveaway right there that, yeah. I yeah, I, I, would, I would like to kind of slice and dice it a little bit more because, you know, I came from a very uh, legalistic background that actually kept me from becoming a believer till I was 27. And so I, over the course of 30 years with God, have wrestled deeply with legalism. It didn't mean my foundation wasn't in Christ in a sense that I wasn't saved. It's just I had a lot of garbage that I had to work through. A lot of so we're Yeah, so we're not saying, you know, if you have some legalistic issues you're dealing with, you're not saved. Right. It's just saying what Seth's trying to say is your foundation, you're not completely standing on Jesus alone in the sense of your life. Which that, the recourse of that would be a, a unfulfilled or a less fruitful life. Yeah. Yes. It's one yes. thing to, to believe it, know it, but then another thing to actually operate your life in it. You exactly. You know, yeah. That's the difference. Is yes. that, yeah, I can believe in grace and be very much saved by grace, but I don't always live that way. That's right. I, yeah, <laughs> that's I can right. believe that God will take care of my child, but do I pray before, you know, I take him somewhere? Right. Maybe not. Yeah, you know, and, and just, you know, I can believe that God... Uh, is going to take care of me at my job, but then yeah. let a boss start getting critical of me and, you know, watch my emotional patterns start going a little haywire. Sure. And so it's a constant uh, turning over, but but salvation is a one-time trust in Jesus, and then we build. That's our that's our foundation, and then we build from there. And it's it's a good gut check to do, like Seth is talking about, just to not to necessarily question your salvation. It's just what am I trusting in today? What am I standing right. on? Am mm-hmm. I standing on my own abilities, or am I standing on Jesus? Right. So it's it's a uh, it's just a fundamental issue that I think we've got to get 
more and more refined as we grow in grace. I mean, that's why it's called growing in grace. Yeah. You know, we as we understand what Jesus did and how all we can do is trust in what he did, not our own ability, that's a lifelong refining process. And really, grace is actually what teaches us to say no to sin. Yeah. You know, some people try to wrestle with that and argue about it, but it's it's really the kindness of God is is what makes us repent. Yeah. I mean that's that's actually a scripture. And you know, kinda like the parable we were talking about, Seth, of the uh uh Simon the Pharisee and had Christ over to his house and the prostitute came in, Christ knowing his heart, had all of this junk going on in his head about Boy, if he just knew what kind of woman she was, he wouldn't have even, he wouldn't be having anything to do with her, you know. And Christ made the made the statement that, you know, he who has been forgiven a lot, you know, has more grace in his heart in a sense, not in not more grace, but more gratitude. Right. Yeah. Same not, amount of grace. Yeah. But more gratitude, more understanding of grace, and not that he is uh, picked out and special and more important to Christ than anybody else because he has more grace, but that it just it's kind of like yeah, he has a bigger glass to fill. Yeah, you know, yeah. With, That's with a great that, way to put it. With that yeah. grace, and so when he, you know, when he comes back through his life and and tries to live out through the grace he's been given, yeah, he's he's got you know he's got some real mountains to climb and and real. Um, what am I trying to say? He's trying to he has some real uh, ad, um, perspective. Yeah. That other people's don't other people don't have. Because they haven't been forgiven it for as much. I, I think that's a great point. It's almost as if any disadvantage we have in the flesh, you know, under grace, it actually turns its on it on its head. It becomes actually an advantage in a sense of we understand more how much God has forgiven us than somebody who doesn't believe they've really done that much. Right. And and not that you want more. You want to sin more just so you can be forgiven more. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. But it definitely gives you a perspective. Yep. Uh, that's all the time we have today. I'm Ray Sturdivant, Mining the Truth. Thanks for listening to Mining the Truth with Ray Sturdivant. If you have questions or comments for us, you can email us at ray at miningthetruth.com. Thanks again for listening. And join us next time for more of... Grace, Trust, and Surrender.